Hey everybody, welcome to Above Board with Candor Path. You have before you, in front of you, or in your ears, you have John Kennedy, the one and only. You have Matt Marku. That's like if you were a football player or like a sports, like a sports celebrity, when you took the field or the court, they'd go, number 23, Matt Marku. And like everybody in the crowd would go like Marku. And it'd be really cool. Was that it? like your experience? Either that or it's boo and no, they but like hate all- me. No, but all the people who have like ooh in their name, that's what they do. Because I watch a lot. We know I'm a huge sports fanatic, gigantic fan of like, you know, Ronaldo's baseball career and LeBron's quarterbacking career for the NFL. I'm huge. I know everything there is to know about sports. And then, of course, it's me, the Rich B, your humble and quite attractive older member of the team. Today, we're going to talk about three fun things. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about stress, worries, and anxiety. Isn't that great? Doesn't just even saying it. But before we do that, I do want to bring something to the table. It's uh, in our last podcast or one of the podcasts, because I don't know exactly the order we're putting these out. We talked a little bit about our pet peeves and Matt shared a pet peeve, which has really now I've adopted as a pet peeve, which is when people pump gas at a gas station, let's make it a Wawa. And there's people in different parts of the country or the world that don't know what a Wawa is, but Wawa is something that started in the Northeast. It's come down South. It's just like this gigantic gas station marketplace. So any gas station that has like a little store, like that sells candy or Slurpees or whatever, Matt, one of Matt's big pet peeves is when people pump gas and then they're finished with the gas aspect of the gas station visit. And now they have moved into the marketplace where they are purchasing ice, chocolate, Perhaps coffee, donuts, things like that. Matt feels. Very I did strongly. it the day. I did it the day we recorded. After we recorded, I Conf- I went to the gas station and I did the exact thing that he hates. And honestly, I felt John, great about you're it. Dead, you're dead to me. I felt Can great about it. Perf- there was we're no. Changing- there was, it wasn't busy. We're My changing that. <laughs> we're changing. It wasn't busy, but it could have been busy, and you could have been hogging <laughs> that pump up. And I'm sitting there waiting. Right. On Somebody views. drove by the gas station because they saw your stupid car sitting at the gas pump and they were like, nah, that place is packed. So anyway, le- leaving your car at the gas pump and then walking into the market, Matt feels very strongly that when one is done with gas, one should move the vehicle from pump yeah, number four, spaces. park in the parking space where you then go into the gas station to make your purchase. I have adopted that as a pet peeve. Now I have pet peeve number two. And it happened yesterday. Yesterday, as I was pulling into the neighborhood, because we all three at the moment live in the same neighborhood, as I pulled into the neighborhood, Matt and his amazing son were washing Matt's truck in the driveway. I was with my amazing son having come back from the gym. Yes, my 13-year-old now works out with me. It's a lot of fun. He can barely walk or move his arms today. I'm very proud of him. As we pulled up, I rolled down the window. Matt then notices me. And then Matt says, so you're next, right? And then he says, you know, you can't not say that because you always, when you see your friend washing their vehicle, you always never pull gets up. old either. It's never always gets money. old, and you have to say, "I was oh, right was behind you." I, I Wait, blew right don't by. Mess up. Dude, why would you mess up my freaking punchline right now? I'm a so part of your story. It's my story too, buddy. But you, you know, you're not part of the story. This is my story. You're merely a secondary character in this story at the moment. I then do that whole thing. And we laugh, ha ha, rearview mirror, I see John Kennedy pulling up. He just goes right by and I literally text him, hopefully you stopped and said to Matt, that was I'm the next, right? right? But he didn't. He actually was on a call and just like waved at Matt and didn't do – everybody, this is a rule. When your neighbor I is waved. washing their car. 
that doesn't count. When your neighbor's washing your car, you pull up and you go, oh, what am I next? That's not, it's not cool if you don't do that. That's it. That's how I, I that, mean, I waved. I, just, I didn't give I him the one finger salute. You know, I mean, it's not like <laughs> I was being worse. mean. And if I rolled the window down, I was picking my dog up from the dog sitter. If I'd rolled the window down, Chipper would have jumped out and attacked him. And that would have been bad. Why? Both of those things are good. Chipper jumping out and or attacking Matt. Either of those scenarios are both put together. It is awesome story stuff and fun. And never gets old, guys. Never gets and old. And I'm the bad guy because I park at pump seven. Okay. I'm the bad guy. He wants me to have my dog attack you. I, I didn't say I want. I just said if it were to happen, it would be an entertaining story. Your dog's small. How much damage can you do? Matt's a monster. He's like 300 pounds of solid muscle. I had 1,800 of PSI on my uh, power sprayer, so I would have just Chipper given him a little bit of a got Chipper could have gotten a bath and gotten his teeth cleaned all at the same time. He would have reassessed his life real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Chipper right. will well, never bark at anybody ever again. <laughs> We're so glad that people have joined us for five minutes of nonsense for this podcast. But you know what? This is good because this helps us segue into something. Segue, segue, not segue. Although I guess you could say segue, but this will help us segue into something, move into something. And that is something that I think affects a lot of us. And that is stress, worry, and anxiety. I, I kind of want to do a mix of like interviewing these guys because they think it would be kind of cool. As we all know, or you may not know if this is your first time ever, uh, Matt and John are in the financial world. I'm in the healthcare world and I speak and do all that kind of fun stuff. Would you guys say that money, <laughs> I love asking dumb questions that we already know the answer to. Would you guys say that money causes a little bit of stress, worry, and anxiety? Yeah, I, I cer certainly think that's probably on the top of the list if you've pulled or, or looked at the entire, I, I'm going to take the United States, but probably the world at, at some point. Uh, has has a lot of anxieties and worries over money. And I think there's a lot of ways that it can be at least easily reduced. Now, I'm not going to say eliminated because if you're stressed over money, what I'm about to say next, you're going to say I that none of that matters. I need more of it. That part we can't necessarily control, but we can control maybe reducing your stress level about money. And it goes back to some of the things, if you're a longtime listener, that there's a few rules that we always preach to our clients. The first of which is organization. You can't know if you're stressed if you don't know where it all is. And sometimes the stress is that you don't know where it all is. And that's a fairly easy exercise of either using an online resource or something as simple as a pen and paper to say, where are the outflows and where are the inflows? Find those two things, get those things really, really well organized, understand how month to month it changes. And you're probably already maybe a third of the way there of trying to reduce your stress level about money. Organization, figure out where it is and where it's going. I would say the second part of that then is starting to develop a plan, right? Okay, so now we know what's coming in, it's going out. We either have a deficit or we have a surplus. Figuring out what to do in both of those situations. You might now, it might take a professional, might take a third party to look a, to give a really hard look and say, okay, do I need to reduce that Starbucks budget or am I am I just living outside of my means? But if you start with the process of organizing and then start really just diving into where things are, that's going to automatically slowly start to reduce your stress level because you're going to have control, which is a really where I think a lot of stress comes from is a lack of control or feeling a lack of control. John, what do you think? Is that uh, two, two kind of things right there, right off the bat that we deal with on a daily basis? Yeah. So money gives you choices, obviously, but check this out. Top five most stressful life events. Death of a loved one divorce, 
moving, major illness, and job loss. None mm. of those actually explicitly say money. Rich, you have the same list. Literally, while you were, it's just funny. <laughs> I, I was, I just Googled that and I was about to read that to you. Go, go ahead. I, I, I should muted, mess up your punch. I muted so you I couldn't hear me. Your, I should mess up your punchline like you messed you up can. mine. Go ahead. You can. No, you can. I muted no, so you no. couldn't hear me slogging away at the keys. I'll just wave it. I'll just wave at you like you waved at Matt. Yeah. Yeah. First finger salute. <laughs> anyway, my point is those top five stress, stressful life events, they're not directly None of them say money, but every single one of them have a financial implication to them. Losing a loved one, a job loss, an illness, moving divorce, all of those have financial implications, all of which, you know, you, you, it's not like you, <laughs> it's a weird thing. You don't plan for a divorce. You don't plan for a job loss, but you, you have, you know, emergency and contingencies. Mm -hmm. For me, I feel like money is always, I sort of view that as a vehicle to give you choices you're pre-planning by doing proper planning like matt's talking about you're pre-planning for inevitable not so good things that will happen in life no not everybody gets divorced um but we go through i think in any one of at different stages of life everybody goes through one of those five things at some point without absolutely it's impossible to avoid those things. i i think you hit the nail on the head there john with you, Always you do. don't need to plan for a divorce <laughs> you don't need to plan for losing a loved one but if you have a plan before those events take place then when that happens you don't necessarily need to focus on the financial side or be stressed about the financial side as much and you can focus on either grieving or going through whatever situation you're going through so the plan is just so incredibly important do even if you're listening to this podcast you're like hey i'm not stressed about money good make sure you have a plan in place so let uh, we're definitely, I mean, and I looked at the same list and there's some, and even when you go further down the list, pregnancy, retirement, psychological stress, injury, death of a close friend. I mean, there's so many things that are life stressors that also connect to our ability to meet our basic needs, which oftentimes require money to pay rent, to have shelter, to have food, to have medical care, all those kinds of things. I'm just curious real quick. I know this might be really putting you on the spot, but you guys are this good at what you do. And we'll talk about other things other than money as it relates to anxiety, stress, and worry. But let's say I got into an elevator with you guys and we're going to go five floors and it's a reasonably fast elevator. So let's say we got 20, 30 seconds. And I said, I'm going through a lot of stress as it relates to money. I wish there was something I could do in the next few minutes to make myself feel a little bit better. I know that sounds like a kind of a weird question, but a lot of the times, so that you guys know from a, a civilian perspective, when it comes to finance, just like people look at me with healthcare stuff for you guys, it's so second nature, but for a lot of us, it's such a scary, ominous thing that it feels overwhelming when somebody says, have a plan or know how much comes in and how much comes out. I, I know that's not really that hard to do, but it does feel overwhelming. But just like if somebody said to me, you know, I'm just not feeling that good lately. I, you know, I've, I've had a checkup, all the number, everything's, I've got no major illness. I'm just not. And they said, what's a couple things I could do really quick to feel good. I, I'd off the top of my head, be able to give them a few that they could do within a, an hour. Serious question. If somebody said that to you, you know, I've got so much worry about money. I just, I wish there was like something I could do right now that wouldn't take me, you know, I'd have to get out a bunch of calculators and go online. Just, I wish there was something I could do. Honestly, what, what would be something when people are done with this podcast like that, they could interact with or do or put into place. I, I think if you listen to our last podcast where we talk about 
It was something about making excuses to not do something simple. I think is kind of where we were going mm-hmm. with a few of those things. It's to reiterate the point that I just made. It's not difficult to spend 10 minutes and say how much is coming in and what's going out. That's not a hard process. That's like you saying, Matt, all you have to do is walk around the block if you're not feeling well. And I'm like, but I have to go outside and walk around. In this case, you have to pull up your bank statement or your credit card statement and look to see where in the world your money is going. It's that simple. I think that right there, it will, will, will take one of those of those stress away just to know just know where it just is just to know okay so john what about you what would be what would be your elevator uh, you, if you can't use mats so what would be your elevator thing i say the same thing to you bro like i just wish i had something i could do and like that would just take me like 30 minutes just real quick just to take some of this worry and anxiety off my 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 path and if i said and i just met this guy in another elevator that told me to write down what's coming in and what's coming out but other than that Sounds like a very tall building that you're in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 unfortunately, it, it would be pretty similar. It'd be take action. You, you got to dive into it. You know, most people that have money anxiety like that are probably looking at their desk right now or shoved inside of a shoved inside of a desk drawer. They've got all these these letters and envelopes of bills. Maybe it's medical bills, whatever stacking up. You got to take action and see which see like you have to assess the situation, and see where you're at. So, I mean, there are no shortage of online tools to be able to log in and and connect everything in one source so you can see what are my assets the things that i own my checking account my savings account my 401k uh the, the equity in my home how much i le- have left on my car the loans that i have my student loans my credit cards what are my assets and what are my liabilities the things i just mentioned and what does that number compute to what is my net worth my personal net worth statement it's impossible. Well, you can't. How, how do you even come up with a plan of action to say, "All right, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna pay these bills off first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do X, Y, Z." If you're not organized and you you don't know where everything is, okay. and at first, you know, maybe in your early 20s or you know even in your late teens, maybe your financial life isn't so complicated. You know, you have one checking account and one credit card and a student loan, and that's that. Well, as life progresses, as we all know, we're all in different stages of life. It gets more complicated as we have children, as we you know have aging parents, whatever the case may be, and you can't. You, you have to take action. You got to know where things currently are. So Matt's comment was, spend ten minutes and understand what's coming in and what's coming out. So what's coming in and coming out is more of like a cash flow statement, a budget type thing, which is great advice. Mine is similar but a little different in that. I want someone to know what their net worth statement looks like. I want them to also understand where their assets are and where their liabilities are. And again, no shortage of of apps or online programs where you can do that. You, you should be able to do that inside a half an hour. Easy. John, I, I love that. I think balance sheet is so incredibly important. And you're right. I think it, they're all like, there's no real order for this, in my opinion. It's sort of like all this needs to be done. I think that you mentioned the B word. Uh, which was the third leg of this of this kind of conversation, which was actually then taking action and creating a budget. So knowing what's coming oh, in, what's I going out, was, having a I'd balance sheet. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys were wondering what the B word is because you both were, why a lot of one figure salutes today. Um, no, but but it's 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 then it's then having a budget and then knowing okay, this is what I can and can't spend money on, or this is how I need to then take all of the planning that I just did and now create something that's sustainable month over month that you can then live within your means. You know, I read something in um, uh, Tools for Titans, uh, The Tactics, Routines, and Habits of Billionaires, Icons, and World-Class Performers by Tim Ferriss. 
this particular quote is attributed to more of a software kind of people that are solving problems within the, the tech world. But I really pulled something out of just, and I'm just going to do part of the quote, but it was, I've, I've come to learn that part of the business strategy, but just make this in, I'll, I'll explain, is to solve the simplest, easiest, and most valuable problem. And actually, in fact, part of doing strategy is to solve the easiest problem. So what I took from that, and it's something that I texted to myself, I'm not trying to solve software problems or even business strategies, was that in life in general, sometimes I think we skip to the hardest stuff, whereas the secret and probably, I, I think even in the book, it talks about the eighty percent of your problems or, or your your challenges are based upon a twenty percent that is actually kind of easy, low hang, hanging fruit, simple stuff to solve. So I'm super anxious about money and worried about money, and I'm all here worried about the stock market and do I get into cryptocurrency and what's this and what's my four hundred one k doing, and I get all into this like the weeds when really sometimes the problem or the anxiety will be solved by looking at the simplest component of it, at least initially. And the simplest component, what you guys just said, it's super simple. It really is simple to know how much you're spending and how much you're making. Most people have a paycheck that they get, let's say, biweekly. Some people that work on tips or work on different things, it might vary, or sales folks that maybe get commissions, it might vary. But you know within a realm of what you make most of the time. And a lot of your bills, you have fixed bills, and then you sometimes have surprise bills, but you can look at six months of bills, figure that out. It wouldn't take that long and and, and the budget. So I think that there's some wisdom to this. I would, to pivot off for a second from finance, because I think you guys did a good job addressing that in general. I think just, you, you know, life in general, when we think about the stressors, worries, and anxieties that we have, a lot of it is based on stuff that didn't happen or is not going to happen. And for me, it's it's been something that I learned from, from Tony Robbins. Um, when I'm feeling stress, worry, and anxiety about anything, whether it be money, relationships, my job, my health, whatever, is changing my state. And I I started doing this pretty regularly. It's been inconsistent, but it's become much more of a consistent habit. And something that I do when I, as soon as I wake up in the morning, I sit on the side of the bed and I, again, this is from Tony Robbins. I immediately just flood my head with things that I'm grateful for. We've talked about gratitude a lot. I think I talk about gratitude all the time because it's powerful, but I immediately think about things that I'm grateful for, but I don't just think about them. I feel them. You know, my oldest son was in a, a car accident yesterday. He's fine, but it could have gone in a very different direction. So this morning I literally sat up and while it sounds like a negative thing, I thought about this and I was like, I am so grateful that I can talk to him this morning. I'm so grateful his injuries room. I'm so grateful nobody else was hurt. And I felt that like really deep inside of myself. And then I just thought about a couple of things that I really feel good about in my life. And then I thought about something that I can be excited about doing today. To be honest with you, one of them was doing the podcast. Super excited. And I thought to myself, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to talking to Matt and John. And I felt that. And then I got out of bed. And, and the, this whole exercise took probably 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds. And I felt much better today getting up than I felt yesterday. And I, I noticed that that's a big thing. And I wanted to share with you guys something that I actually learned in, in therapy as it relates to anxiety. Uh, again, I know that anxiety 
some people walk around saying I have anxiety or I was diagnosed with anxiety. And I understand that. And I acknowledge that I get that it's a thing. And then sometimes we kind of latch onto it and just believe that that's who we are, or what we are. I talked about this in one of our other podcasts where we, we, we grab onto it so firmly, it becomes so much part of our identity that we just feel like we're out of control. I learned the five, four, three, two, one technique. And I wanted to share this. It's, it was super helpful to me. Um, I'm an anxious person. I've always, I, I, I've always had moments where it, it, it could really cripple me sometimes. Five, um, when I'm feeling moments of panic or anxiety or intense worry, I did this yesterday when I got the news that my son was in a car accident. He was in the ER, but he was fine. And there was three other cars involved. And after I got the initial phone call, I could feel my heart pounding. I wanted to cry. And I went in the room, five. Um, five things that I can see. And so it was literally like, you know, I see the bump, I, I see the color of the wall and it's like kind of a tan. I see on the screensaver, it's a picture of my kids. I see a Led Zeppelin poster on the wall. So five things just in your environment that you can see. Four things that you can feel. So I feel the softness of my, my t-shirt. I feel the bumps on the microphone. I feel the cold of my water cup right here. Three things that um, you can um, hear. So, you know, I hear the, the buzz of the microphone in my ears. I hear a dog barking in the background, um, et cetera. Um, and then it is uh, two things that you can smell. So, you know, I smell the coconut um, lotion that's on my skin and I, I smell the, col the cologne or the, the, the gain on my t-shirts, the gain detergent. And then one thing you can taste. And so that might be something you do purposeful where you like pop a piece of gum in your mouth or you drink some water or you taste the toothpaste taste in your mouth. When you go through that five, four, three, two, one, it resets you a little bit. And when I did that yesterday, I'm telling you, I got scary bad news, news that would cause most of us to panic and feel stressed out. And as soon as I did that, I was able to think clear. I then picked up the phone again, re made, you know, made a call back to, to my son's mom and had a different conversation rather than the, oh my God, oh my God. So I wanted to share that because I think that's a great, um, a great lesson that I've gotten is A, to change your state, which you can do at any time. You can sit in a car, change your state, start thinking about things that you love or that make you happy or your puppy or whatever. And then the other is that five, four, three, two, one, which I, I learned from my therapist. And I got to be honest with you, it it's something that I only learned a few within the last month or so. And it's made a huge difference for me. It's definitely better than just like bottling it all up, swallowing it and shoving it down like <laughs> Matt and push I do. It. You got to push <laughs> it deep. You got to push yeah. it deep, deep down. And then one day it just comes out in an explosion like a volcano. You use the volcano method. Lots I of holes punched in the walls. That's a, <laughs> no, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. I will add to that because you were talking about the Tony Robbins where he talks about how he primes himself for the day, like his routine for priming himself or whatever. Uh, for me, when I, not just money stresses and worries, but when I consider my day or my week, we all have like busy calendars and we look ahead at it and we're going, oh my gosh, how are we going to get all that done? We got all this stuff to still do. And we have all these things coming up. And I don't know about you guys. For me, I, I would wake up at 2 a.m. thinking about all the things I have to do. Every and day. And I got in the habit when that started 
of waking I, I have like my planner by my bed with a pen and I would yeah. just write it down because I don't want to open my phone and then the bright light wakes me up and then I can't go back to sleep so I just write it down in the planner and then I got I started getting even more proactive with this and then just the night before every thought that would come to me I'd write it I'd jot it down there and then I would consciously spend several minutes thinking about not like once I'm in bed but like before I took my shower like I'd sit there and I just well, I would write it all out and so I stopped waking up in the middle of the night for the most part. I mean, I wake up to pee because I drink a gallon of water a day, but I don't wake up due to stressors the way that I once did. And I guess where I'm going with this is this proactive nature, the same way that Matt talked about, you got to put pen to paper and write it down if you want to understand what the, the, you know, your budget looks like, or, you know, use some apps or some technology or write down what your assets and your liabilities are going back to like the money stressors in life, that type of thing. I mean, we, we practice that in our daily lives, not just for money, but for anything. We all, we, everybody listening to this most likely loves lists and checking those things off of the list. That's like my, what's the opposite of a pet peeve, Rich? That's my, um, that's my positive obsession. I love having everything on a list and being able to check that off throughout my day. It makes me feel good. And it well, it goes back. It goes back to the whole man. the whole advice with the 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 general that gave the commencement speech. That it's made and it's become so famous about the first thing you should do in the morning is making your bed. And I don't do that to be honest with you. But I mean, I've I've read about business tycoons that even if they're staying in hotels, they make their bed. And the whole reason is because you have a, a feeling of accomplishment. You've you've done something like you were saying earlier about taking action. And I think. This whole idea of, of, of doing something, taking action, of, of writing things down. There's, I don't know, Matt, I don't know. Do, I don't even know if I've ever asked you this. And if you said this before, I'm just, do you, do you like journal Matt or do you write things down? Are you a list person? I know you're big with like spreadsheets and stuff, but. Yeah, I'm a you- ones and zeros kind of guy. So, so a couple things is I really like using, we, we built our business on Google. So Google Tasks, um, I know John doesn't like turning his phone on, and I, I, that actually makes a ton of sense, but Google Tasks is one of those really cool functions that if you have a Gmail account, um, it actually lives on kind of the right side of your screen if you're looking at it on a computer, and it's a, it's a, it's a task list. And, and let me circle back for a second. If you don't think financial advisors are also stressed about money at times, you're mistaken. I mean, we, we, John and I run, run a business. We have, you know, we're total six employees at the, at the moment right now. If you don't think that having to come up with six um, payrolls every single month doesn't not, not stress us out, but it's something that we're very mindful of. And if you don't think personally, I don't track my my budget and my expenses and my balance sheet, you're crazy. Of course I do. And I do that so that I'm not stressed about as stressed about the money side of it. And, and so I, I want to just bring the human element to this is that we're not just preaching this. We are also doing this. I use Excel, by the way. All these fancy calculators out there, that's a step above pen and paper. I find that that is what my mind goes to. So, right. uh, you know, yeah, Rich, I, I do use I do use checklists um, because uh, I feel like I need to write things down and I do like them checked off. I do use a budget because I feel like I need that. And the last bit that I, is a big change that I made over the last 30 days with the help of my team is I've gone to inbox zero. The m- main method of communication we have with our clients for the most part is, is using email. Um, 30 days ago, I had 30,000 emails in my inbox. Now I was using red and unread and I would drag things over to task clicks, but boy, talk about waking up in the middle of the night wondering, oh my goodness, did I respond to that? Or, oh my goodness, what, what, what am I missing? Um, uh, my team did a fantastic job, 
of making sure that my inbox now, uh, currently as I'm staring at it, sitting here at this podcast, I have six emails in there. All of those are things that I need to do today. I have 24,852. I just looked at my Your Gmail. life will change. Now, again, I had a team help me with this, so I couldn't have tackled this borrow, one on my can own. I borrow, can I borrow your team? Yeah, between Mackenzie and Megan and the rest of our squad, it, it's been it's been life changing. But I yeah, like I said, I have six now, and I can't tell you. I think uh, we're shooting this today on a Tuesday. Last Friday, I ended Friday with a feeling of accomplishment because there's nothing in my inbox. That means besides the tasks that I know I need to do, there wasn't a single thing I went into this long weekend with hanging over my head. Like, oh my gosh, I got to make sure I do this. I had a very concise, I knew what I needed to do on Friday, took care of that. That went down to zero. Here I am on Monday with six. Well, Rich, I have what? a suggestion. Yes. You just hit select all and then delete. No, I can't. Because <laughs> there's stuff I'm No, there's a name for no. this. There's a name for this. It's called email bankruptcy. And I think I it's amazing. Yeah, do it. I'm so scared to do <laughs> that. Purge but it. here's the thing. So it, it, as we close this down, Something that I have really, really learned and incorporated into my life with some success is journaling. And John, you just do a version of that. And and Matt, you do a version. Everybody, it looks different for everybody. It's not always like, dear diary, today I noticed how beautiful Matt's eyes were and he smiled at me. That's great. I mean, they are very pretty eyes, by the way, Matt. But what color some, are they, Rich? They're they're like a bluish gray. All right, you got it right. Yeah. Yeah, I you know. have been staring into my eyes lately. Okay, I yeah. do, of course. I literally just guessed that, and I knew I, I was going to be right, so I just figured that I was right. But the, the idea of these things that live in our head, and these worries, these anxieties, these fears that we have about things in life, there is a power to putting them somewhere, right? So there's a power to putting them in front of a therapist. There's a power to discussing them with a friend. There's a power to have a breakfast with a loved one and say, I got to get this off my chest, or I'm really scared about this presentation I have to do, or this meeting that I have to have, or this interview I'm about to do, or this new manager that we have. I think that as human beings, all joking aside, when you said like, you know, push it down, way down deep, I think we do do that. And that does end up manifesting as a lot of things. It manifests as outbursts. It manifests as health issues. It manifests as ulcers and migraines. It manifests as crying fits and breakdowns. It manifests as us screaming at our kids when we didn't mean to, or cutting off somebody on the road. And it, it manifests in all these different ways. Guys that are listening, when you're dealing with stress, worry, and anxiety, whether it relate to money, all the things that John just talked about, money, relationship problems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, write it down. Talk about it with somebody. Honestly, get a $2 journal from Target and write down the things I'm worried about today and what I could do about it. I started journaling very specifically where I talk about what I'm grateful for and what I'm looking forward to for the day and what would make today really excellent. And then at the end of the day, and I also do affirmations. And at the end of the day, I, I write down what went super well today. What am I really excited about? And what are some things that I could have done differently? I'm not as good at the second part. Sometimes I end up doing that the next morning. But I find that, to Matt's point, to know what your problem is and to see it 
it, it, you know, doing a budget or doing a what's in, what's out with money is kind of like a version of journaling. It's just journaling numbers and dollars, right? Financial but, journaling. Right. Oh, financial boy. journaling. Right. Mm. Seriously, though, but it is. And I do more of the psychological journaling where I talk about, you know, this is what I'm worried about and this is what I'm doing. And these are the things I have to look at. And I find that when I, and John doesn't, when he wakes up in the night, you know, these are things I'm going to write down what I'm worried about. I think what it does, and this might sound corny, but almost in a way it kind of takes it out of your brain and puts it somewhere else so that you can be a little bit healthier. You know, if you had a splinter in your finger, you don't just go, oh, got the splinter in my finger. Oh, it hurts every time I touch something. Oh, it's hurting now. Oh, it hurts again. No, you kind of, if you're smart, you put it in some, you wash, you put it in warm water, you get a tweezer and you pull it out. And what happens? Your finger's still a little bit sore, but it's a little bit better and it heals. And I think with stress, worry, and anxiety, sometimes pulling the splinter out is writing it down, talking about it, getting a professional to help you, et cetera. You know what? Sometimes I, to, to butcher a quote, you know, uh, life is mandatory, but, but suffering is optional. And I know that sometimes suffering is not optional. I get that. But the continuance of suffering maybe is what I mean is optional. You, you know, if you do go through a, a major life event, you're going to suffer, but you can do things about it to at least. So maybe the suffering parts also maybe somewhat mandatory, but the continuance of it and the degree of it is something that we can at least impact, if not make go away. Does that make sense? I love it, buddy. Bring us home. For real. No, for sure. Listen, we're grateful for you all to have these conversations with us and we try to keep them somewhat short and somewhat sweet. We're just three guys having conversations and like we were sitting in your living room and you were just listening quietly while we all talked. And we just appreciate you all being here. If you like this podcast, please, by all means, let us know. Please share it with five people that you think might benefit from it. We're grateful for the opportunity to be able to connect with you all. And we're grateful that you're here to listen to us at Above Board with Canderpath. Thank you so much for what you do every day because you're contributing to this world. Go out and be a little kind to somebody. And by all means, be a little kind to yourself too. Don't forget to do that. And if your friend is washing their car in the neighborhood, please pull up, roll down your window and say, am I next? Because it never gets old. We love you all. Take good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us on Above Board with Canderpath. We'll see you soon.